إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهديه الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد so we're now on the final chapter from the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ, the chapter regarding the miracles of the Prophet ﷺ. Miracles, they are basically defined as affairs, things that occur out of the norm extraordinary things out of the natural norms of things that can occur. They are miracles. Karamat is the word sometimes you'll come across referring to miracles. Karamatul awliya, the miracles of the awliya of Allah. We believe in that. That is correct and legitimate. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows miracles to happen. Allows miracles to happen for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But also allows miracles to occur for others from the awliya. Others from those who are upon piety, upon righteousness. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows those miracles to occur. So as it's mentioned in your copies, a miracle is a feat outside of that which is normal. Normal means that which Allah allows to normally occur in the universe, such as the days needed for travel, or the amount of food that can suffice a number of people. What that means is, for example, now to travel from England across the Atlantic to many of the countries on that side of the Atlantic, it would be even with the fastest of the commercial planes, seven hours, six hours, seven hours, eight hours to touch the coast of any country across the Atlantic. Concord no longer available. So, that is the norm of commercial travel. That is what normally occurs. If now, a normal standard commercial plane flew across in 30 minutes, taking off from the UK and landing on the east coast of any of the countries over there, that would be known as miraculous. Because it is something out of the norm. A better example, walking for example now, walking from here to Leeds town center would take 20-25 minutes. Young fit man walking fast, 15 minutes. If somebody walked out of this building now and 120 seconds later, 2 minutes exactly, they are in town center walking on foot. We would say that is 
a miracle. That's what it means by the normal amounts of travel time. Suddenly somebody miraculously cuts across that journey in far quicker than normally possible, then it's miraculous. The amount of food that can suffice a number of people. So normally, you have a chicken, one full chicken. That would suffice four people at most. A quarter of a chicken each, you eat it, maybe just about fills you, just about does it for four people, push it to five or six. But 50 people come along, and they all eat from that chicken, and they are all full from it. That would be considered miraculous. So that's what it means by miracles. Events that occur outside of the norm, outside of what is normally possible. And miracles were given to the prophets so that the people would believe in their prophecy. They were given miracles. Allah allowed them miracles so the people would realize the truthfulness of the prophecy of those prophets. In the Qur'an, Allah called miracles ayat. The ayat of the Qur'an. An ayah is a sign. So for example, when Musa salam split the Red Sea and they walked across, that is a miracle. That the sea, it split. And it mentions how it was just standing there like a mountain. And standing there like a mountain, a body of water and a body of water. And they walked through. That is a miracle. That is an example of a miracle. And there are other examples mentioned in the Qur'an like that. But miracles are not just for the prophets and messengers as we said. Miracles can occur for people. Normal people who are not prophets and messengers. People who are awliya of Allah, righteous and pious people. And that is something very important to take note of. Miracles can happen for normal people, but for righteous and pious people who are upon the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Somebody comes along now and they start doing miracles, but they aren't people who pray, they aren't people who are practicing then they aren't doing miracles. Miracles don't happen for those types of people. They are doing things which are more than likely magic. More than likely with the shayateen, shaitan, the devils, the jinn. Somebody who isn't praying, isn't practicing, isn't upon the Qur'an and the sunnah, they're not going to be given miracles. If they are doing things which are seen as miracles, then it will be magic and evil that they are doing. The actual miracles occur for the righteous and the pious, the actual awliya of Allah. Those who are upon the Qur'an and the sunnah practicing it. There's an example of, well there's several examples that are mentioned here in this chapter now of these miracles occurring. One of them is the example of Safina. Safina. Uh, was the freed slave of the Prophet ﷺ. He was the freed slave of the Prophet ﷺ. It's mentioned that Safina was on a boat. 
This man was on a boat. And the boat broke up into pieces. So he lay on a plank from that boat until he reached the shore. Upon reaching the shore, he was approached by a lion. A lion. So he addressed the lion saying to him, O Abu Harith, which is the nickname given to lions, Abu Harith. He said, I am Safina, the freed slave of the Prophet wasallam." So the lion dropped his head and walked beside him until it directed Safina to the right path where he needed to go. And then the lion went on its way. They mentioned this as a miracle. Because if you suddenly come across shore and there's a hungry lion in front of you, predatory, carnivorous animal like that, you do not expect to address the lion and tell him that I am the freed slave of the Prophet wasallam. the lion to back down, drop his head and show you the way where to go. Rather than attacking you and eating you, to drop its head, to walk along the path, to direct him, to show him where the path is where to go. So that was an example mentioned of a miracle that occurred. More than that and bigger than that, when the mushrikun, سَأَلَ الْمُشْرِكُونَ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ The mushrikun asked the Prophet ﷺ, show us a miracle. They said to the Prophet ﷺ, show us. Show us some miracle. فَأَرَاهُ مِنْ شِقَاقَ الْقَمَرِ so he showed them the splitting of the moon. The moon split until it became two pieces. The moon split until it became two pieces. And that's mentioned in the Quran. The hour has come close and the moon it split. That was certainly, without a shadow of a doubt, a miracle that the moon split into half. <coughs> Two halves of the moon. When the mushrikun said, show us a miracle. So that is something certainly which occurs. The miracles, they certainly occur. <coughs> also, like we said, a person who doesn't pray, doesn't fast, doesn't practice Islam, instead he innovates, works with the jinn. That type of person, if he does miracles, then he is in reality going to be involved in magic and those affairs. It is not going to be miracles. So then, with regards to the miracles that the Prophet ﷺ was given, the greatest of all of the miracles... The greatest of all of the miracles that the Prophet ﷺ was given was the miracle of the Qur'an. The Qur'an itself is a miracle. The Arabs at that time, the Arabs at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, they were so strong in the Arabic language that you could randomly pick one and ask him to make up a poem, a rhyming poem from the top of his head, and he would do one which was a thousand verses long, 
there and then off the top of his head in Arabic. Imagine that now in your strongest language, what is considered your mother tongues now of English. Somebody says to you now in English, the language that you're strongest at, your language, stand up right now off the top of your head, give us a poem that rhymes, just make one up, 10 verses long, all the ends have to rhyme. You wouldn't be able to do it on the spot. You'd have to sit down and think for ages, words that rhyme. Make one line, then think of the next line for how it's going to rhyme with a word. Then the next line you've got to think of something that makes sense and then rhymes at the end. It will probably take you an hour. An hour, two hours, sitting there trying to work out ten verses of a poem that rhyme at the end. They say the Arabs at that time, randomly could just pick one out, say to him, give us a poem that rhymes off the top of your head right now. Not one he's memorized, one he makes up there and then on the spot. A thousand verses long rhyming. That's how much strength they had in the Arabic language. But despite that, despite that level of knowledge and strength they had in the Arabic language, then the Qur'an when it came in the Arabic language that they were so powerful at, they were unable, they were unable to copy the Qur'an, to make anything written equal to the, 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 the writing of the Qur'an the fluency of the Qur'an, the eloquence of the Qur'an. Despite the level of Arabic they had, they couldn't match the Qur'an. That's why the challenge is there. Anybody who's able to bring any ayah equivalent or equal to the Qur'an, then let them do so. And that challenge is there till the day of judgment and nobody will be able to do so. So the Qur'an itself, is a great miracle. The greatest miracle given to the Prophet ﷺ was the Qur'an. He said, مَا مِنَ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ نَبِيٌّ إِلَّا أُعْطِيَ مِنَ الْآيَاتِ مَا مِثْلُهُ أُومِنَ أَوْ آمَنَ عَلَيْهِ الْبَشَرِ وَإِنَّمَا كَانَ الَّذِي أُوْتِيتُ وَحْيًا أَوْحَاهُ اللَّهُ إِلَيَّ فَأَرْجُ أَنِّي أَكْثَرُهُمْ تَابِعًا يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ That there was no prophet among the prophets except that he was given miracles. The prophets were given miracles that would make the people believe when they saw those miracles. But I was given the divine inspiration that Allah revealed to me. So I hope that my followers will be more than those of any other prophet on the day of resurrection. This is because the miracles of the other prophets have come to an end. The miracles of the other prophets finished now, they've gone. But the miracle of the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ remains and will carry on, continue to remain up until the end. Up until the end, the Qur'an will remain and be recited and be memorized. Mankind and jinn are not able to duplicate the likes of the Qur'an Jinn and man have heard the Qur'an for 1400 years and they've not been able to make anything similar to it. So the Qur'an is mentioned as the primary or the greatest miracle of the Prophet ﷺ. Another example, when the Prophet ﷺ said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ زَوَالِيَ الْأَرْضِ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala contracted brought close and folded in the earth for me. 
فَرَأَيْتُ مَشَارِقَهَا وَمَغَارِبَهَا So I saw the east of the earth and I saw the west of the earth. It was all squashed in. I saw the east of it and I saw the west of it. وَإِنَّ أُمَّتِي سَيَبْلُغُ مُلْكُهَا مَا زُوِيَ لِي مِنْهَا And my ummah, their spread, their dominion, how far they will reach, will reach up to the east and to the west that I saw. Scholars, they say, if you look at that narration, that is actually exactly how it's occurring right now. When you look at the map of the world, Islam has spread eastwards and westwards, across that Middle Eastern line, going eastwards across to Indonesia, Malaysia, those areas, going westwards across Africa, eastwards and westwards, and not particularly north and south. Not particularly north and south. Northwards, you're getting into Europe and all of those areas. Minimal proportions of Islam. Southwards, you get towards the bottom of Africa. Again, lower numbers. So, scholars say that's something in of itself which occurred. That Islam spreads eastwards and westwards. And not particularly north and south on the globe. Because it's mentioned in this narration. That the earth was contracted from the east and the west, and from where I saw of the east and the west, my ummah will spread. And Allah was truthful in His statement that His ummah would reach the east and the west, and not particularly to the north or the south, not particularly to the northern regions or to the southern regions, but to the eastern regions, and it spread all across to those eastern areas and to the west. West going across Africa all the way to the edges of Africa. So it spread to the east and to the west. Another miracle. The Prophet ﷺ, when he used to give the khutbah, he used to lean on the trunk of a tree. There used to be a, a tree, a palm tree. And he used to lean on that. When he used to give the khutbah, he used to deliver it. On the trunk of a palm tree. But then afterwards they made a mimbar for him. Like a normal mimbar that you see in the mosques. The steps. That type of thing. That was made for him afterwards. So then he stopped using this trunk of the palm tree that he used to stand with. To give the khutbah. And he started using that mimbar. So when he started using that mimbar. And was no longer standing next to the palm tree. It's mentioned, narrated authentically. That the palm tree used to weep. Cry. They used to hear the palm tree weeping. Weeping. Because the palm tree used to love that the Prophet ﷺ stands right with the palm tree giving the khutbah. He can listen to all the words of the Prophet ﷺ, listen to the khutbah of the Prophet ﷺ. And now they made a member for him. He wasn't using that anymore and he was far away now. So the palm tree, they say it's mentioned in the narrations, they could hear sounds of crying from the palm tree. And it would continue to cry up until the Prophet ﷺ went and touched it and consoled it. Up until the Prophet went and touched it and consoled it. So that is something which is authentically narrated. That is certainly a miracle. The tree, you can hear crying sounds from it. Because it was now missing the Prophet ﷺ who was no longer using it. Because he had the member now. Until he came and touched it and consoled it. So that is something certainly of a miracle. 
Another example is water gushed from between his fingers on more than one occasion. There are multiple narrations where water would drip like one time when he made wudu and then the water was dripping out of his fingers and it came out so much water it was enough for everybody. So water used to pour out of his fingers, out of the fingers of the Prophet ﷺ, more than normal. Normally you dip your hand and you have water, a little bit falls off some drops and things. But water would fall and it would fall and it would fall until it was enough for everybody to make wudu and everything. So there are multiple narrations of how water used to come from his fingers in that way. There are narrations of how pebbles that he was holding in his hand, they would be glorifying Allah, saying subhanallah, pebbles. Pebbles saying subhanallah. Uh, and then there are examples of the food. The food could be heard glorifying Allah, subhanallah. The food, when he was eating it, the stones and the trees used to give him salam. This is all authentic. Stones and trees used to give salam to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The in fact, there's the example that time when the Jewish woman prepared some food for the Prophet sallallahu and the companions, but she had poisoned it. And so when they began eating from it, the ones who ate from it died. Those others who ate from that poisoned meat died. But the Prophet ﷺ lived for another four years until he died. But at the time of that happening, how did they become aware that it was poisoned? The meat spoke. It mentions that a Jewish woman in Khaybar gave him a roasted sheep that she had poisoned. And the Messenger of Allah وسلم, ate from it along with the people. He said, lift up your hands, meaning stop eating. For it has told me that it is poisoned. The meat itself, it has told me that it is poisoned. Miracle. Clear miracle from the miracles of the Prophet ﷺ. There's another example on one time when the Prophet ﷺ entered a garden that was owned by an Ansari youth. And there was a camel in there. And the camel came to the Prophet ﷺ complaining. Came to the Prophet ﷺ complaining to him groaning and shedding tears from its eyes and complaining. And so the Prophet ﷺ patted it on its hump and on its head. Then he asked the owner, or he said, who does it belong to? Who is the owner? The Ansari came forward and he said, it's mine, O Messenger of Allah. So the Prophet ﷺ told him, do you not fear Allah regarding this beast, meaning the animal, the, ca the camel? Allah has placed it in your possession. And the camel is complaining to me that you starve it and you make it work too hard. The camel had come and complained to the Prophet ﷺ that its owner was starving it, not giving it enough food and making it work too hard. So the Prophet ﷺ went and told the person who owned it, do you not fear Allah? Allah has given you this camel under your authority, your possession, so look after it. 
But the miracle there, the camel came and cried and complained to the Prophet ﷺ. These are all miracles that certainly occurred. There is another example mentioned here. That on one occasion they were on a journey. These are all absolutely true stories. We have Iman in this. On another time they were on a journey. The Prophet ﷺ was on a journey. And when he was sleeping, when they were stopped to rest and sleep, a tree approached him. A tree. Out of the ground, the roots and everything, dragging along, splitting the ground, tree moved across to the Prophet ﷺ until it got to him. Splitting all of that ground as it went along with the roots and everything down in the ground. Splitting it all up as it was going along. Coming up to the Prophet ﷺ. When the Prophet ﷺ woke up. It was said to him. This tree sought permission from its Lord to give salam to the Prophet ﷺ. And the Lord had granted it permission. The tree had sought permission from Allah to come and give salam to the Prophet ﷺ. Allah had given the tree permission. So the tree had been able to move from its location, splitting the ground with its roots and everything as it came, came, came up to the Prophet ﷺ to give salam. Miracle. Miracle from the miracles of the Prophet ﷺ. And then afterwards the Prophet ﷺ commanded it to go back to its place. Commanded it to go back to its place. Uh, there's another example. He wanted to sacrifice six camels on one time. And each camel began to come forward, pushing to get to the front of the line to be the first one to be slaughtered by the Prophet ﷺ. Miracle. Animals, how do they know that what's going on? Miracle, they knew the messenger of Allah. All of them wanted to get to the front. The camels, this is. All of them, the six camels, budging each other to try and get to the front. To be the first one to be slaughtered by the Prophet ﷺ. And on one occasion it's mentioned, he rubbed the udder of a sheep that had never mated. And it filled with milk. Because normally that would be after they have mated. It had never mated but the Prophet ﷺ rubbed the udder and it filled with milk. And he milked the sheep and he drank the milk and poured some of it for Abu Bakr. Uh, in another example, it's mentioned that Qatada, the son of Nu'man, his eye came out of its socket once. His eye came out of its socket and it was in his hand. And that is very possible for those who know a bit about biology. Very possible. The eye can stretch out, it can come out and it will be hanging. Yani. And it was in his hand. I was out of the socket, it was in his hand. The Prophet ﷺ returned his eye and it became better, stronger, everything healthier than even his other eye that was normal and never came out of the socket. And that's just the Prophet ﷺ putting it back in. No surgery, no this, no that, no 10 hour operation as they do now. Prophet ﷺ just put his eye back into where it was. For whatever reason it came out, but whatever occurred or the incident that occurred, 
But the Prophet ﷺ just put it back and it was the better of his two eyes. This one was better than his other one that was normal, hadn't come out. In another time it's mentioned that Ali ibn Abi Talib, he had some problem with his eyes, some type of infection, some type of disease in his eyes. And it's mentioned how the Prophet ﷺ put some spittle, the tiny spittle into his eyes and they were cured. And it's mentioned that Ali ibn Abi Talib after that never ever had any issue with his eyes again for the rest of his life. These are all examples. These are all examples uh, of miracles that the Prophet ﷺ did. There's an example of Abdullah ibn Atiq. His leg became injured. His leg became injured. The Prophet ﷺ rubbed his leg and it was immediately Cured, immediately healed up. Immediately. Prophet rubbed his leg, immediately it was cured. These are all real examples of what happened. Uh, he had actually broken his leg, they mentioned. The leg was actually broken. And the Prophet rubbed it and it was fixed and healed immediately. Miracle clearly, miracle from the miracles of the Prophet. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Also it says here, he said he was going to kill Ubay ibn Khalaf during the battle of Uhud. Ubay received a superficial scratch and died from it. Ubay ibn Khalaf had sworn that he was going to kill the Prophet during the battle of Uhud. This Ubay ibn Khalaf had sworn he was going to kill the Prophet during the battle of Uhud. So the Prophet ﷺ replied that instead he would be the one killing him. He would be the one who kills him. During the battle, Ubay approached the Prophet ﷺ while on his horse. The Prophet ﷺ scraped Ubay on the neck with a spear. Just barely scraped him, like a scratch. Just missed and just scraped him on the neck with that spear. No damage, no injury, nothing how that would normally be. Just scraped through a cut on the, on the skin, that's it. But when he scraped him like that, he fell down. The pagans said to him, there's nothing wrong with you. It's a tiny scratch. Spear missed you, just scratched you as he went past. There's nothing wrong with you. He replied, if this had happened to the family of Dhul Mazaj, they would have all died. And Ubay died on his way home. This is the only person the Prophet ﷺ killed with his own hand. So that is another miracle it's mentioned. Ubay had said, I'm going to kill the Prophet in the battle of Uhud. The Prophet ﷺ said, rather I'll be the one who kills you. And when he struck him with the spear, it didn't even strike him. It just scraped by him a tiny scratch on his neck. From that one scratch, from that wound, it's mentioned he died from it. And that is a miracle. A scratch is not going to kill you. And even if you say, but infection and this and that, it's not going to be like that just on the way home, straight away from the scratch you die. So this was from a miracle again, a miracle of the Prophet ﷺ, that this tiny scratch had killed Ubay. Uh, other examples given here. Uh, it mentions Sa'ad ibn Mu'adh said to his brother Umayyah ibn Khalaf, I heard 
that Muhammad alleges he will kill you. Umayyah was killed during the battle of Badr, dying upon disbelief. On the day of Badr, the Prophet foretold which pagans would be killed, as well as where they would die. Each of them died at the very place he mentioned. And he foretold that some of the followers would do battle overseas, such as Umm Haram bint Milhan, and it occurred just as he said. So there are multiple examples of these types of miracles that occurred. He told Uthman ibn Affan that he would face a great calamity. And Uthman did face that calamity afterwards when he was murdered. It's mentioned in the narration, أَنَّ النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ دَخَلَ حَائِطًا وَأَمَرَنِي بِحِفْظِ بَابِ الْحَائِطِ فَجَاءَ رَجُلٌ يَسْتَأْذِنُ فَقَالَ ذَنْ لَهُ وَبَشِّرْهُ بِالْجَنَّةِ فَإِذَا أَبُو بَكَرْ ثُمَّ جَاءَ آخَرْ يَسْتَأْذِنُ فَقَالَ ذَنْ لَهُ وَبَشِّرْهُ بِالْجَنَّةِ فَإِذَا عُمَرْ ثُمَّ جَاءَ آخَرْ يَسْتَأْذِنُ فَسَكَتَ هُنَيْهَةً ثُمَّ قَالَ ذَنْ لَهُ وَبَشِّرْهُ بِالْجَنَّةِ عَلَى بَلْوَى سَتُصِيبُهُ فَإِذَا عُثْمَانُ بْنُ عَفَانٍ That the Prophet ﷺ entered a garden and ordered me to guard the gate. A man came and asked permission to enter. The Prophet ﷺ said, let him in. And give him glad tidings that he's in paradise. And who was it? Abu Bakr. Then another man came and asked permission to come in. The Prophet said, let him in. And give him glad tidings that he will enter paradise. Who was that? Umar ibn al-Khattab. Then another man came asking permission. The Prophet ﷺ this time stayed quiet for a while. Then he said, let him in and give him glad tidings. He will enter paradise, but with a calamity that will befall him. But with a calamity that will befall him. And that was Uthman ibn Affan. And that's exactly what happened. The calamity did occur when they came and they murdered Uthman ibn Affan. So again this indicates the miracles of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Again another uh, uh, event which is mentioned is when the Prophet sallallahu said about Al-Hasan, Al-Hasan who was his grandson, Ibni hadha sayyidun wa la'alla Allah an yusliha bihi bayna fi'atayn min al-muslimin. That my son of this son of mine is a master, meaning his grandson Al-Hasan. This son of mine is a master. And Allah will bring reconciliation between two great parties of believers through him. He is a master and Allah through him will join between two opposing parties, two great opposing parties. And that is exactly what occurred. He informed his companions about the killing of the false prophet Al-Aswad Al-Anasi who would kill him. And the exact night he would be killed while he was in Sana'a, Yemen. He mentioned the same about Kisra and it occurred just as he said. Uh, he had foretold that they would encounter a woman named Ashayma bint Buqayla, who would be wearing a black overgarment riding a grey mule. The army of Khalid ibn al-Walid encountered the woman with the exact description during Abu Bakr's reign. And the Prophet ﷺ said to Thabit, Ibn Qais ibn Shammas, Ta'ish hamidan wa tuqtal shahidan. You will live a praiseworthy life and you will die as a martyr. And Thabit 
lived a noble life and he was killed on the day of the battle of Al-Yamama as a martyr. So there are so many examples concerning a man who claimed Islam and was fighting on the battlefield. He said, he is from the companions of the fire. Allah brought this statement to fruition as this man later killed himself. There was a man who claimed Islam and he was fighting in the path of Allah jihad as it appeared. But the Prophet said he's going to be from the people of the fire. And that is exactly as it occurred because that man ended up killing himself, committing suicide afterwards. He supplicated for Umar ibn al-Khattab and Umar ibn al-Khattab became a Muslim. He supplicated for Ali ibn Abi Talib not to feel hot or cold. So Ali ibn Abi Talib did not feel hot or cold. For this reason, Ali ibn Abi Talib would wear summer clothes in the winter and winter clothes in the summer. He did not feel the cold nor the heat. So he was not concerned about the type of garments he used to wear. Similarly, he supplicated for Allah to grant Abdullah ibn Abbas understanding in the religion and to teach him the meaning of the Qur'an. And that is exactly what occurred. He was known as the learned man, the ocean, due to his vast knowledge. He supplicated for Anas ibn Malik to have a long life and to increase him in his wealth and children. And that's what happened. He's mentioned that Anas ibn Malik had a hundred and twenty sons. A hundred and twenty sons. And his date orchard gave fruit twice a year. And he lived to the age of a hundred and twenty also. Utaybah ibn Abi Lahab tore the Prophet's shirt and harmed him. So the Prophet supplicated against him, asked Allah to send one of his dogs against him. Thus, a lion killed him in Azarqa in Sham. The Prophet made dua against him and a lion came and killed him. Another time the people were complaining of drought to the Prophet whilst he was delivering a sermon on the mimbar. So he made dua to Allah. And there were no clouds in the sky at the time, drought. But as soon as he made the dua, the sky filled with clouds the size of mountains and it rained all week until the next Friday. Then a man came back the next Friday and he said, Oh messenger, there's too much rain now. A week of constant rain, clouds the size of mountains. So then the Prophet ﷺ made dua that the rain stop or that it go out onto the extremities, not upon the people and in the land. And then the sun came out. In another instance, he fed a thousand people at the battle of the trench with one sa'a. And that is approximately three kilograms. Three kilograms of food. And he fed a thousand people. Miracle. From the miracles of the Prophet ﷺ. Everyone full. Ate to their full. And there was more food left than when they began eating. There was more food left than when they began eating. Miracle. He also fed the people at the battle of the trench with a few dates. Brought by Bashir ibn Sa'ad's daughter and gave and given to her father and to her maternal uncle Abdullah ibn Rawaha. He ordered Umar to feed 400 horsemen from the dates he did so. And the pile of dates remained as if not even a single one was missing. 400 horsemen from those few dates. And when they finished, it was just the same pile left. Miracle again. He fed 80 men in Abu Talha's home with a few loaves of barley that Anas carried under his arm and everyone ate to their full. 
80 men with a few loaves of bread as we say now, 80 men. He fed an army with provisions brought by Abu Huraira until all of them ate to their fill. The remaining food was brought back and this food lasted for the rest of the Prophet's life and throughout the lives of Abu Bakr, Umar and Uthman. Then this food was carried to support those in battle and it amounted to about 50 bushels. He was presented with a dish of food as a gift from Umm Sulaim when he married Zainab. After everyone ate, the dish was returned and it was not known if there was more food in the dish when it was given to him or after it was returned. They ate and the food came back like it was equal or even more than when it started. Miracle again. During the battle of Hunayn, he threw a handful of dust at the enemy, causing the dust to enter all of their eyes. Miracle. One dust handful and it goes everywhere upon their eyes. And as mentioned in the Quran, وَمَا رَمَيْتَ إِذْ رَمَيْتَ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ رَمَى You did not throw when you threw, but Allah threw. That one handful of dust which took all of their eyes. And on the night when he migrated to Medina, there were a hundred men from the Quraysh waiting to kill him. But as it's mentioned in that famous story, how he threw dust on their heads and he walked past, all hundred of them didn't spot him. A hundred of them didn't spot him walking past after he threw that dust upon them. So Raqah ibn Malik pursued him with the intent to kill or capture him. When he got close, the Prophet supplicated against him and his horse sank into the ground. So Raqah requested help from the Prophet. So he supplicated for him and Allah saved him. And the Prophet had many impressive miracles, clear proofs and excellent manners. But that is some of the examples that are mentioned in this chapter regarding the miracles of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And that brings us to the end of that chapter and to the end of the main section of the book which is the uh, uh, seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. From next week, what's going to happen now is the seerah, brief biographies, of the ten who are given the glad tidings of paradise. And there are more of course, but the ten that are famously mentioned. Biographies of the ten companions who were given glad tidings of paradise, that they are in paradise. So obviously we're going to begin with Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, then Umar ibn al-Khattab, then Uthman ibn Affan, then Ali ibn Abi Talib, and then the other six also, radiyallahu anhum, their brief biographies. That's what we'll start with next week insha'Allah ta'ala. So that's where we conclude for today then. Any questions or anything to add? You know, the God is the case for the entry marketplace. So what is the marketplace? Marketplace? Just your marketplace, your, your town center, your the normal so markets. The marketplace then, here, these shops? Not necessarily. A marketplace is a place designated for that purpose. So your town center, clearly a marketplace designated for the purpose of buying and selling and old school markets as we would say. Any other place designated for that purpose. Here these shops appear, I don't know if you can really say this is an area that is designated for buying and selling and markets and trade. If you want to buy something, you don't think, let me go to here, these shops. You think of town center, you think of those places, they are the markets. Hmm. This you could be walking past, then you were going home, this is your route home, anything, it's not, not the marketplace. The CBD oil. 
So you don't cancel it. Can they use it? I mean, with the THC. There are two types. I don't know the details. I forgot the names of them. There is one type which isn't, uh, which doesn't have the properties of, as they say, that makes you high. It doesn't have those properties. One type of it. That type is okay. I forgot the names and everything, but that type is okay. If you're in Salah and uh, you sneeze, is it okay to say Alhamdulillah? You can, but nobody else can reply. Nobody can say Alhamdulillah to you. That's not allowed whilst you're praying. Mm. Next week then, inshallah, 7 p.m. 7 p.m. next week as usual, inshallah ta'ala.